So, uh, what are we drinking today, Nick? Um, so today, the, the blend I'm drinking is Kick-Ass from Kicking Horse Coffee. I have it ground in a burr grinder and being served as espresso. Ooh, Fine grind to use. That sounds used. delicious. I've heard good things about Kicking Horse. I haven't had it in a while, so you have to tell me how it is. I really enjoy it. And how are you, how are you drinking this espresso brew? Um, in, in, this is an espresso mug, I presume? Yes, this is... Yes. I don't have just giant hands, if you can see <laughs> in the YouTube feed. I mean, and you do, but that, that's that's not the point. A small espresso mug made in yep. England? Oh, okay. Yes. How about yourself? What are you, what are you drinking this morning? That, that that's a great provenance for for espresso mugs. Oh yes, the the I, English variety. I, I've heard they're very well constructed. Yes, yes. The English being known for their espresso. Yeah. So so today I am I'm drinking. It's actually a uh, it's a Kirkland branded Starbucks house blend roast. Oh. Yes. Very it's, nice. Uh, it's a it's a select exclusive brand. So. You know, it's a bit more than your your average Folgers, but I I, I like the taste of it. Okay. And uh, okay. it was it was ground in a auto espresso machine, so I unfortunately I can't comment on the actual type of grind. Mm. But it seems it seems to work. It's probably fine if it's if it's probably. A, an espresso grind and fine not as in passable, but <laughs> as in very small. It also happens to be fine. In both senses of the word, yeah, and um, I'm drinking it in a uh, in a red Contigo travel mug. You know, I prefer the convenience of a travel mug okay. personally. I'm able to kind of move it around. I have a I have a four year old, so you never know what's going to happen with mugs that might be lying around the house. So this is true with four year olds uh, and cats. You must be ever yes. vigilant with your with your drinking vessel. I hadn't even thought about the cats because. Honestly, the toddler seems to wreak more havoc than the cats do, but definitely at first the uh, the cats are more of a, a factor in in our mug choices. So, mm. um, yeah. So there's there's like a, actually a little like clicky button to open up the little lid, so you don't even have like just an exposed hole all the time. Now, do you find that helps aerate the brew? Is aeration important? Do we know these? I things? find it. It could be slightly more aerated. Okay. I. I find that when I press the button, sometimes some steam has built up, so it kind of expels out of the hole before I drink it. Mm. You know, it kind of gets on your face a little bit. Uh, so that's that's not as that's not as desirable. Is that, as, is as that if good there was, for an immersive coffee experience? In that you're does, literally kind of immersed in the in the aroma to start. It's kind of like a self-smelling technique. Oh, okay. Like you don't really have to go in and smell it; just kind of gets into your nose right off the bat. So. I guess from that end, the, that mug actually facilitates that process. So, um, so Nick, why don't you go ahead and uh, and and test this coffee that you're having? Okay. Well, it, it's important in any tasting to smell first. So, give it a sniff. Mm. So, right off the hop, what I get is a very strong coffee flavor, and I get that straight to the mouth, which is it's quite often what I look for in a cup of coffee. Now, now, what what are your initial impressions, Mike? So, so let, let me let me kind of start this process here. So, like I said, you know, there's a little button here. So, okay, okay, yeah, kind of get that initial expel of steam. So, okay. I don't even have to smell it. It's just it's already in my nose. Beautiful. Um, so, again, strong, bold, uh, definite hint of coffee in mm. the smell. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I I actually added some condensed milk to my coffee. Ooh, to give it a bit of extra move. flavor. Yeah. yeah. I, I went out on a limb and, and gave it a shot, so we'll see if it pays off. Mm. So, I'd say my initial impression is that it's hot. Now, that um, is something people look for in coffee. I mean, it's not for everyone, but me, per se, I prefer my coffee hot. That's true, because some people do drink iced coffee. Yeah. Though, I, I do enjoy the good iced coffee, mm. but... Generally, if I'm drinking hot coffee, I want it to be hot. So that's, you know, one point in the uh, the rankings for, for this, this Kirkland Starbucks house blend coffee. And would you say that um, the hot is hot and cold is cold and never the twain shall meet? Or at least they shouldn't when it comes to coffee. I, I would definitely agree with that. Okay. There's nothing, there's nothing worse than just 
warm iced coffee or cold hot coffee it doesn't work Mm. it's got to be one or the other quite um so i mean on a on a scale of one to ten i'd probably rate this coffee i'd say a strong eight and a half Mm. Mm. yeah that's good how how about yourself i'm getting um I will say, I like the bubbles mm. because they get a nice bubbly feeling to the tongue. Interesting. That helps to to round out all the coffee. Now, would you say those bubbles are a result of the coffee beginning to ferment? I wouldn't. Okay. Because apparently that's that's a function of the espresso machine oh although i could be wrong this may have well fermented in the last two minutes of its existence i mean it depends on how often you clean your espresso machine as well i suppose that is true that's it's very good that's yeah. perhaps something we should be looking for more in in our coffee yeah it, it's kind of like a cheese sometimes a moldy cheese enhances the flavor yes. so 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 perhaps coffee would benefit from from a similar process now i remember during one of my one of my jobs i i pulled out a coffee maker that we were to use and it was full of moldy coffee grounds when we opened it perhaps we should have brewed with those coffee grounds to fully experience what uh, what was on offer you, you'd never know, but someone might have done that intentionally, Ho- that hoping hoping to test out the 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 flavor of a moldy coffee. Yes, yes. Now, now, what would you what would you pair your coffee with? Mm. Well, today I've chosen to pair it with a uh, a bagel and peanut butter. Mm. Pe- peanut butter and coffee. You know the the umami of the peanut butter definitely. Uh, definitely kind of mingles with the boldness and acidity of the the coffee flavor of the coffee so i i'd I'd highly recommend it the chew of the bread also kind of contrasts with the liquid taste of the coffee so i i'm it's definitely a successful pairing i'd I'd encourage anyone to try a uh, a peanut butter bagel with a coffee now in in seriousness that is one of my favorite things because Many, many coffee aficionados will notice a chocolatey flavor in darker roasts, and chocolate has a has a well established successful pairing with peanut butter. Hmm. Now I'm interesting. I'm pairing mine with Soylent this morning. Oh, that's so, an interesting move. So I know that workout. Well, with a sip of the coffee first, and then a sip of the Soylent. You definitely notice the subtle sweetness and cereal qualities of the Soylent. And with Soylent first, and then coffee, it really enhances the the coffiness of the coffee, hmm. which is, is useful if you enjoy the taste of the coffee. Would, would you venture to say that it might work to actually combine a coffee flavor into the Soylent as its own standalone product? No, I think that would be foolish. Yeah, it's it's it would definitely be reaching. Um, I think for now it's probably best to keep them separate. But uh, it's definitely something to consider. I think in the future, I think if Soylent's listening, I I think maybe you should just take a look at at the possibility of combining coffee and Soylent and and seeing if you come up with something. Okay, fascinating. Yeah. Now, but before we we finish this review, I I noticed that. Your your food pairing happens to also be a liquid, so you're having kind of liquid with liquid. How how is that working for you? Um, the soylent is definitely thicker than the coffee, mm. so it is. It's not quite as thick as the oatmeal I would often pair with the coffee, but I see there is at least a textural difference. That's that's good to know. I, I'd I'd imagine there's also a graininess to the soylent. I find this uh, soylent particularly smooth. Particularly oh. after having the powder version for so long, but that's that's fair. Yeah. Well, that I I think we we covered all the different points pretty well with our uh, our coffee choices today. 
Me too. Uh, so, so tune in next week for uh, episode two of of our bad coffee reviews, and uh, and we'll see you all next time. So, uh, here we are, future yes. chat, episode one twenty eight. Oh wait, sorry, I thought I forgot we weren't saying the episode numbers now. Aren't we? Um, apparently, we're not. Was Rob that a conscious decision? It was at one point. He was explicitly saying we're 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 too far past our beginning to worry about numbers i think i i, I don't know if it's like a humble break kind of thing i, I say, feel please. it's like a hippie thing like <laughs> not into the labels man it's not about the number of episodes man it's about the spirit of the show the spirit well, of future chat since since rob's not here we don't care we'll, we'll, we'll do whatever we want oh it was definitely episode number 128 i yeah. think and now 128, that one is a, uh, that was a special number. It's a power it of two. It is a power of two. I think power of twos, powers of two, not power of twos. Powers of two are, are my favorite episode numbers, personally. Mine as well. They, they hold a special place in my, my computer heart. In all seriousness, when I was a kid, I really liked powers of two. Like when I was a particularly young kid, because I remember like drawing dots on paper and being like, wow, you can cut this in half until you get down to one but i was at the age where like past about eight i was like okay this is just way too complicated at this point i can't (laughs) i can't be bothered with these two digit numbers yeah i'd say i know my powers is two up to 20 up to 2056 i can pretty confidently recognize as a power of two anything beyond that's tricky i think I don't know about you. I'm not even sure what the next one is. So, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's like, you 2096 know, you have, is about it. Or wait. 2056. 2056. Yeah. Right. Because 1028's the last obviously recognizable. And 2056 is like, well, that's twice 1028. But after that, it's like, don't, don't even don't who, even go who there. Who even knows? Who knows? I'm sure Numberphile knows. They've probably done an episode on it. Yeah, probably. So, Nick, you have some follow-up here. Um, maybe I it's do. just more of a mini mini story, but you know we've talked about Soylent before. So what do you have for us on the uh, the Soylent news? I tried cooking with Soylent this week, oh. and I know many people have done that, but I noticed. Well, this week I've been making oatmeal because I've been exercising, and that frequently leaves me very hungry. And oatmeal is very good at keeping you feeling full. So I went with. A recipe of Elton Brown's because, of course, it's the best kind of recipe to use. Now, what was the name of this recipe? Oh, just steel-cut oatmeal, I think. That's disappointing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's an Elton Brown recipe. I don't recall a pun with it. Uh, So, you know. You have to come up with your own pun then. uh, (laughs) Stick to your... Wait, no. I never like the expression stick to your ribs because it doesn't stick to your ribs. Let's... Let's sleep on it, and we'll we'll come back with a maybe sure. next week's follow up. We'll have a, a name for this okay. recipe. But yeah, he calls for milk in his recipe, and we're moving soon, so we're trying not to buy things as much as mm. possible. So instead of milk, I use soylent as the last step in the oatmeal, and it I I like it a lot. It it worked very well as a milk substitute. Mm. Now, did you find a difference in the flavor of it? Like, I find I've tried adding chocolate syrup to Soylent before. Mm-hmm. And unless you add like a ton, it's just basically kind of making it slightly sweeter, but without adding any actual additional flavor. So I, I don't find that worth, you know, the added sugar. So in this case, I guess you're adding calories to oatmeal. So that's its own benefit. But did you find that it affected the flavor enough to, to make it worth trying? Um, I don't think you would notice, partly because like instead of adding things to the Soylent, it's adding Soylent to something else. Like you're adding, it's one cup of oatmeal and three cups of water that form the base of the oatmeal. And then you add one cup of, well, Soylent, not milk. And then to that, I've been adding peanut butter and frozen wild blueberries, Mm. which is Cadillac of blueberries. And I haven't, well, the the milk was never the basis for the flavor unless you're using buttermilk, which Elton Brown really likes, and I'm so-so on. 
but yeah, it's it's very nice. It's very tasty. I've wanted I've wanted to try soil and pancakes. I think that would be good. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, like protein pancakes aren't a new thing, so I I feel like you'd uh, you 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 benefit from trying out Soylent pancakes because and again I don't think you'd notice a flavor difference just because Soylent is kind of made to be a neutral flavor like sweet but neutral yeah so uh, probably substitute I don't know what you'd substitute in for the pancakes I guess you're adding I was just thinking powder like you have pancake mix so you'd throw in some Soylent powder in there as well maybe I mean like you could you could pre-make the Soylent 2.0 and then, or this way at 1.7, and then uh, just substitute that for whatever liquid you might be putting in. Because you're adding either water or milk to the pancakes already. So maybe you just use Soylent. Yeah. So I'll have to try that sometime. Should. We'll have, we'll have bad, bad uh, Soylent pancake reviews too. <laughs> I mean, like, pancakes are, you know, a staple in our household. Again, having a, uh, a four year old, you, 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 you try to throw pancakes into the breakfast rotation every now and then to mm. keep keep her happy. Well, it's a good. I just find it's generally speaking a good weekend dish because yeah. you have a little extra time. Yeah, but not. It's not a ton of extra time. It's not like French toast, which is like well, even French toast isn't too bad. Would be a breakfast. I was going to say it depends time. on how serious you are with the French toast because I know I've heard some recipes where. I mean, you're supposed to soak the bread overnight and stuff like that. And yeah. I couldn't be bothered. Yeah. No, exactly. So, yeah, pancakes is like buy pre-made mix, add water, throw on a griddle. <laughs> yeah, that's go. pretty, it's just pretty easy. <laughs> um, so, I think that's that's all the follow-up we have. Uh, as far as, as topics this week, I think there's just kind of one main one that at least... <laughs> most of the world's been talking about and i don't think that's a an exaggeration i think uh with with the changes in the states there have been some very sweeping policy changes that i guess yes, kind it, of the f- it's a bit of an understatement f- to say that many people have been talking about what's going on in the states this week yeah like you know there's there's been statements made by the new administration and uh i think they've been obviously taken at face value initially but then the fallout happens to be oh well this still needs approval oh well this isn't as sweeping as we first thought or or whatnot like obviously just these days the internet is very reactionary and that's definitely been going on this week so uh the last or the most recent kind of i guess science related development in the the new presidential administration has been a uh I guess mandating the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, to uh, not release scientific studies or data before being basically run past the administration in one way or another, mm. like an advi- an advisory panel, I guess. And uh, I don't know this this hasn't been taken well, <laughs> to say the least. Um, no. Well, do people yeah. get upset when you start muzzling scientists? Is that a thing that happens? Would we know anything about that? It's it's funny because like this is surprising, but it's not unfamiliar. Um, you know, lo- loyal listeners of the show and just Canadians in general who pay any sort of attention to science and loyal in listeners their own and also Canadians. <laughs> I mean, but see, that's the thing. It's not all Canadians because a lot of people are so unaware of what, you know, the old Harper administration's stance on science was. But that's this is literally exactly what Harper was doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, it's and I found it interesting, like when you guys were talking about it, because that's how I found out about it was you guys talking about it and just listening to what was happening. It's like, wow, it's just deja vu. Just yeah. literally all over again. The same stuff that we we rebelled against in the last election. And it's, it's also interesting because I was reading Reddit comments the other day because, you know, it's a thing that one does. And one guy was talking about how the how Canada tends to follow the states and that in X number of years will elect someone Trumpian. But it's interesting because 
I mean, in this specific example, it seems as though the states are following the previous Canadian government's example. Yeah, well, I mean, this is obviously driven by, uh, you know, I don't know if you call it controversy, but at least differing differing opinions on on climate change and how to handle it, how to evaluate the effects of climate change, what's causing it, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, the, the scientific communities is still investigating this themselves, but there, there's this very, very strong, almost unanimous consensus that humans are influencing climate change to what degree, I mean, like, we, you want to assume that we're playing as big a part as possible so that we can do as much as possible to prevent climate change from kind of running away on us. Uh, but that's, that's probably the biggest point of research at this, this stage is how much of an effect are we having? Cause you, you can look at the graph of, uh, you know, either the ice cap size or, just average global temperature, ocean in surface whatever. temperatures, oh, whatever, yeah, ocean pH, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, yeah, and it, it fairly closely correlates with the rise of either the industrial revolution or air travel or whatever. Like at certain points on the graph, you can kind of say, yeah, this is where this happened, this is where this happened, and mm-hmm. you see a corresponding increase in temperature. So it's like, okay, well, there's there's something there. There's correlation, uh, and you know, we are stewards of our home. So we should be doing all we can to minimize the effect that we have on our environment so that it can be, it can be preserved or at least minimized. So, um, and that, you know, coming back to, back to political policy, the Harper government was trying to, I, I guess they would say they're trying to communicate it in the most effective way prior to just data being released without any further comment the harbor government would say that <laughs> they'd like to think that that's what they were doing but essentially they were just i don't know they, they were they're they're self-interested in their own i was gonna say i i my honest read of it was that it was message control because the harper government was very big on controlling the message that's yeah. partly why so many tory backbunchers got up in arms was that and i mean you have to hand it to harper he took a fractured party, like the, an amalgamation of two different political parties and led it to victory for what, 13 years in a row? 10 to 13. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was, wasn't it closer to 10? I guess the party itself sure. might've been in power for, for 13, but I think he well, was he in won power for 10. in 2006 and then were defeated in 2016. Yeah. So 10 years or no, it was 2015, wasn't it? Anyway. And either way. Yeah. Around yeah. 10 years, we'll call it. Long yeah. story short. Uh, or long story longer, rather, uh, he, all the MPs all the time stuck to talking points to the point where in some cases it didn't even matter what the question was. The answer was going to be a talking point. And I mean, it, it seems unsurprising in that political environment that, that having a branch of government just speak its mind without clearing it with you first would be a source of consternation for them. But it's it's not even a branch of government. I mean, like they're fun, they're contributing funding to a lot of this research. But in the same way, they have a separation of church and state, or you ideally should. There's also a st- kind of a separation of science and state. Well, there like, should be. <laughs> there should be. Again, that's exactly right. Um, like it, it, and you shouldn't be upset that the data doesn't fit your narrative. Because if it yeah. doesn't, then it doesn't, and you need to, I don't know, either change your narrative or just argue better. Like, I can understand that if you release data to the public, kind of summarized under something saying, like, oh, you know, the global average temperature for this year was, you know, the highest it's been in 300 years, whatever. That That can be taken a lot of different ways by again the general public who might not be familiar with with background and history and putting it into context but again i don't think that's the intent behind this pre-screening process this is like do we need to tell the public this 
I think that's that's the whole purpose behind having these, you know, government agencies or government funded research not being released immediately. And uh and like, you know, scientists are trained to communicate their findings. So that again, that shouldn't be an issue. That's not the government's place to be controlling that communication. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, it's it's a it's a worrying state of affairs to say the least in, uh, in the States. Yep. Yep. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what, what more there's to say on it. Like I, I hope there's pushback, but again, like as we saw with Harper, like you had scientists protesting, you had just the message getting out saying, this is what's happening. And ultimately nothing changed until Harper left or was voted out, I guess. Mm-hmm. So well, both. I don't, both. Yeah. So you you might you might see the same thing in the states with you know the next four years just might be a sad sad time for science and hopefully people see what that's like and realize the damage that does to to science and to to research and the progress so they'll they'll make a bit more of an informed decision next time around mm-hmm. and, and it's, just... it's unfortunate it's unfortunate this wasn't like a part of their platform either going in. Because, like, for this kind of thing to, I don't know, maybe it was, I, if for all I know it could have been, but I just didn't hear about it. But, like, for it to come this soon after being elected or being uh, sworn in, it, it must have been something they were planning to do for a while. Yeah. Right? At, at least that's my interpretation of it. Yeah. Or, hey, they could even provide some alternate, or some alternate facts. Who? Oh, the, the administration. To, to, to who? Oh, the public. Is, is the administration known for providing alternate facts to things? That's true. Because yeah. there, there, there are two types of facts. There's yeah. facts, there's alternate facts. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So So that's that's the state of that. It's mm-hmm. sad. I, uh, I don't know. Unless you have, have more to say on it. I noticed that you have a... Uh, an item here that I actually heard about and I was interested to talk about as well. I do. Um, and I pre-read it the other day or last episode. And then I pre-read mm-hmm. it the episode before that. And I did not pre-read it this episode. <laughs> so the, yeah. the headline is world's largest hedge fund to replace managers with artificial intelligence. And it's interesting because when I first read that headline, I thought, Oh, they're replacing the fund managers with artificial intelligence. Mm. They're not replacing like people managers, like you know Bob who heads up accounting. But, <laughs> but yeah, Bob who heads up accounting, he's on notice. That's the kind of manager that they're replacing right now. Is it? I thought it was the first thing. No, when I first read, I thought it was. Oh no, it's. The the next line in the article is the world's largest hedge fund is building a piece of software to automate the day-to-day management of mm. the firm, including hiring, firing, and other strategic decision-making. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying now, I think, but it's not like, hey, Jim, my my subordinate in accounting, me being Bob, Yeah. Uh, hey, go go manage this file and uh, get back to me with a report in a week. That, that That's not... I don't think that's the type of managing they're trying to replace. It's that they're trying to come up with metrics to make those decisions. Yeah, yeah. I think I think their system is dots. Yeah, it's dots. And then they want to build what's kind of like the the article describes it as a baseball card for employees. Mm, yeah. So you have the more dots you have, the more they're the stronger you are in an area. And the fewest dots you have in an area, those are your areas for improvement. So soon you're going to be called into the office. Mike, I noticed that your dots in Excel are exceptional, (laughs) but you could use work in these other areas. Thank you, manager bot. I I appreciate your feedback. You are welcome. Atta boy. (laughs) Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey, Bob bot. Here's a coffee for you. Oh no, I am melting. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. I'm just sitting here laughing. 
stock mar- stock prices take a tumble after someone spills coffee on on the managing bot. But yeah, no, uh, like, no it's it's, it's uh, interesting because I did not see like anything like that coming. Like it it makes sense though because I think as as a manager as a human you're influenced by a lot of stuff that computers aren't influenced by like you can keep around someone who's completely uh detrimental to the success of your business due to other factors such as he's a good friend he's been working for so long so we don't want to let him go she you know bought me coffee the other day and we had a chat and she convinced me to let her stay like whatever right yeah but if you have a computer making those decisions saying it's all about the baseball cards it's all about the baseball cards yeah and like you know even you know in sports like sabermetrics is is a big thing in is that just baseball or is that hockey as well they use uh, i don't know in hockey they use a official form of sabermetrics, sabermetrics are baseball yeah They're but hockey used- uses similar similar data analysis um, no not to the same extent because it's not as statistics based as baseball is yeah i was gonna say like they're they yeah. would be definitely a decade or two behind just because i mean currently Teams for the last few years have been, I want to say dabbling, but I feel like it's its higher than that or it's, it's more advanced than that probably because like I, I can't remember how long ago it was, but there was, I think it was an interview with a new LA Kings player and some interviewers were asking him how he was doing or what the team was telling him and he said, oh, well... They track a stat or they track things based on controlled zone entries and I'm doing really, really well at that. And so they're really happy with me over that. And then in a subsequent interview, they talk about it. He's like, yeah, it turns out I wasn't supposed to tell you about that. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's all proprietary. Right. Um, yeah. So like controlled zone entries are, they're a thing. They're important. Hmm. But it's not all teams are embracing that as evidenced by the Montreal Canadians who traded PK Subban for Shea Weber and the, the online analytics crowd just absolutely lost their minds. And then that's, I mean, further the Toronto Maple Leafs who hired, they hired probably my favorite fancy stats blogger, Cam Sharon and it seems like their decision making is being at least guided by fancy stats. Like it's it's not the be all and end all, but it's it's another tool in right. in the toolbox and you should be using everything at your disposal. Right. But the sorry, I'm just gonna keep going on because I find this topic yeah, fascinating. No, I, um, I do as well. And I've actually wanted to talk about this for a while, so this is a oh, good, well, good reason to, to talk about it. The other thing that's interesting about uh, hockey versus baseball is that baseball is such a high event game like and so it's yeah. easy it's easier to find statistical significance but like the number of goals will almost never rival the number of hits in a game unless you've got two very good pitchers facing off against each other right but yeah so it's I- it's it's much harder to to do things in hockey analytics and most of the analytics just that people play around with are based on shot attempts because for a season or two i think it was one season before the lockout maybe after they tracked um zone time or puck possession time and it was really good at predicting who was going to be you know the the dominant team but in, they got rid of that, and so there was no really publicly available information on actual puck possession. So most of it's tracked on shot attempts, or also known as Corsi, named after a goalie coach, Corsi, who used that metric to track how hard his goalies were working. Because it's like shots and blocked shots and missed shots, I think, count as Corsi events. Because he said it was anything that made his goaltenders tense up or get into position. 
So that actually ended up tracking really, really well with puck possession time. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that's how a lot of analytics work. And I think it's really interesting to follow things like that. Like, um, when the flames made the playoffs, I think a couple of years ago and everyone was saying, no, they're just going to get better and better and better. And the analytics crowd was saying, no, they're not, they're getting really, really lucky and it's yeah. not going to continue. And then it didn't. <laughs> and well, it, it almost did for like a couple of years after, mm. but then it didn't. Like, or like it really didn't. The Leafs that made the playoffs a few years ago, they had awful Corsi ratings and a bunch of people were saying, you know, this is unsustainable. This isn't going to keep going. And then it didn't. And now we're in the, what, the second or third rebuild in the last 10 years? Yeah. I think the biggest difference between using analytics for baseball versus hockey is baseball is very event-based. It's like you have a hitter go up to the plate. They get X number of pitches. And something happens as a result of those pitches, and then the next thing happens. So you can very easily track how many pitches they got, where the pitches were, oh, yes, how many they swung at, all that kind of stuff, right? You don't have the thing like in hockey where you have a scramble in front of the net. Someone gets, you know, three or was it four shots? Oh, did it hit off that guy's stick? Oh, what happened here? Like to try to package that into a shot attempt stat. Mm is kind of tricky and maybe it's not statistically significant but it's a lot harder to do than with baseball well it's yeah like baseball you can you can almost just make a really simple narrative like this person pitched to this person and the ball did this yeah and like you can say they're they're broken plays and scrambles in the outfield but yeah when there's a lot of things in hockey that you can do to shut down a single player Mm -hmm. like you could put three guys on crosby Crosby will still own them, but you can at least put your best effort forward. Whereas in baseball, it's just the hitter and the pitcher and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, or the base runner and the fielders or whatever, however you want to want to do it. But you can't just like tie up a guy so that they can't do what it is they're good at. Like if they're going to steal, if they're good at stealing bases, they're going to steal that base. Yeah. But wouldn't that be funny if baseball allowed that? Like, if there's someone who's really good at stealing bases, you just have all the out or all the fielders just standing around that person. Yeah. <laughs> so they can't possibly steal. Like I've I've heard allusions to hitters being able to like keep their strike zone small or keep put their strike zone where it's beneficial to them, all this kind of stuff, just how they like stand at the plate, you know, where their swing is, all this kind of stuff. And that's obviously plays into a lot of the skill of the the hitter, but there's just so much less that you can do to prevent a player from doing what it is they're good at. Whereas with hockey, there's tons of factors. Like yeah, I don't, I don't even know where to start. But well, it's it's a messier it, game. Yeah, well, and that's why you can have a surprise team go on to win the cup one year, whereas next, you know, the following years you never see them again because everyone figures out how to shut them down. Yeah, or right? just a and, goalie gets hot and it doesn't yeah. matter, like. Right. Carey Price decides, oh, wait, I am the best goalie in the entire world. I'm going to steal yeah. a couple series. And you just, it's really hard to to quantify that or significantly analyze that. Yeah. When the, and the same thing happens in baseball. Like, players get hot or they get cold. But like you said before, there's so many data points mm-hmm. that at some point, if a player's been good all season, they're they're good. Yeah, and I, I don't, I don't think you see the same sort of phenomenon as you do in hockey. Yeah, but I'd agree. Um, anyway, coming coming back to this this AI thing, like just talking about stats and and analysis, that's basically what this AI is going to be doing is coming up with these metrics to evaluate uh, employees, I guess, or just people that that are involved in stock analysis or trading or investing. And I guess to help make decisions based on that versus a person manager saying, yep, you know, Jim did pretty well this year. Well, the, just based on whatever. Yeah. The best, I think the best analogy I've had or I've heard frequently, probably because I listened to the Steve Dangle podcast, is that 
is the scene in Moneyball when they're a bunch of coaches are talking about a guy and they're like, should we go after him? No, he's got an ugly girlfriend. He's got no confidence. And it's like, really? This is what you're ba- basing personnel decisions off of? But whereas like, you know, the, who is it? The Orioles of that year, they started actually looking systematically at things and going, you know, yeah, he's actually really good. And maybe his girlfriend's a nice person or, you know, or who cares about his girlfriend? He's a good player. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, but yeah. I don't know. Wasn't it Oakland? Wasn't it the athletics that were using? Yes. This, it was the, the Oakland A's. It wasn't the Orioles. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that multiple teams have O's in their name? <laughs> it's crazy. I, it's just I crazy. Imagine. The Orioles, the Oakland. The Oakland Athletics. Oakland. The Orlando yeah, I, don't exist. Magic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's where I was going with that. I don't, I don't know how many others have O's, but. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's just the two. <laughs> anyway. I think so, too. But yeah, it's... it's uh, Humans need not apply. It's yeah. it's getting worse. It's just funny because every time someone says, no, no, no one could possibly do the job that I'm doing. It's like, are you sure? Because computers are getting really good at stuff. <laughs> I was listening to... Uh, it was to Cortex the other day. And they were talking how Evernote... Um, I don't know. Have you used Evernote before? I have not. Okay. So it's like a note keeping app for iOS and Android and Mac and what other platform you might want to use it on. It has a web-based platform too. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically they encourage people to put everything in there. Um, and the stuff gets like archived, saved. It gets uh, automatic tagging set to it. You can do a lot of stuff with it. You can integrate it with uh, IFTTT to do other stuff when you add stuff to it. And uh, it, overall, it seems to be fairly useful. I've never used it. I usually use Google Keep because I don't need something as intense as Evernote, but I still like my, my note-keeping apps. But anyway, I guess they've uh, updated their service and they were advertising the ability to have like machine learning and, and analytics uh, used with your data, like the stuff that you put in, which is like, well, it's cool. You know, like it's going to learn stuff about me. It's going to help me out. It's going to add extra features, whatever. Mm. But a part of their their privacy policy was allowing a human to go in and look at all the stuff in your notes to make sure that the machine learning was learning properly. Interesting. Wait, so, <laughs> so was this... Was this voluntary or? No. So, so that was a thing. This was like an auto opt-in thing. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> People were not happy about that. No? Um, yeah, I, I don't know why. But, People weren't uh, happy about just a blatant abuse of privacy. Well, okay. it's not an abuse if you're agreeing to it automatically. That's, it probably was in the terms and conditions, <laughs> which everyone reads every last bit of. Yeah. So uh, they backtracked pretty quickly on that. Mm. But I guess the, the point being that uh, people are always looking for ways to integrate AI into into their services and systems. And I think, yeah, there are a lot of things that an AI could very easily do and probably do a lot better than, than a person can. Mm. So uh, I think the way that uh, that will be going, and I think the, the Humans Need Not Apply video touches on this, is... You'll have a lot of these things replaced by AI, and then you'll have, you know, one person monitoring however many AI systems to, like, quality check what it's doing to make sure it's running properly, not giving false flags or or what have you. So, I think, uh, I think it's a good thing. Like, it's obviously unfortunate when people lose jobs, but if they're doing the job better, then I guess you, you have to understand why that kind of thing is being done. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. So... Those yeah, kind of have like uh, captchas, just you know. Oh, I hate captchas. But they're being used as a way to train machines. Wait, you're saying that the things that like the captchas we do are being used to train machines? That's my understanding, anyway. Okay. So, like, I think you know, there's okay. A bunch of humans are saying this. Right. Why are they saying that? <laughs> Or you can use well, human results to evaluate a fitness function or something like that. Right. 
I always hate, like, there's the captions they're using now where it'll show a picture and it'll say, select all the boxes that have a sign in it. Yeah. And, and it's like, okay, so there's like a track, like a speed limit sign, but part of the box, some of the boxes have just the pole in it. Does that count as the sign? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's right. I've had the same issue recently. I've gone with, yes, the poll counts as a sign and it's let me in. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but if that's the thing is if it's, if it's trying to train the AI, then maybe it's like, okay, this person said it's a poll. He still got all the ones that actually had the full sign in it, but he also said these poll ones are that. So only a human would make that judgment call. So maybe that's why it lets you in. I don't know. Meanwhile, you have an exceedingly literal person who's like, no, the sign's <laughs> actually just the sign and not the post. And it's like, nope, you're a robot. And you're like, that's what my mom said. <laughs> but yeah, it's huh, it's interesting. Um, I got to say, I, I'm preferring the picture-based ones much more than the old ones, which were getting so bad at like, you know, just a random series of letters and numbers right and i was starting to have real difficulty in saying like what is that supposed to be is it an o or an eight is it a q just because like so many lines were moving through it right it was it was odd (laughs) oh man speaking of captchas um pokemon go is being being updated i i heard oh a couple people have already a couple people have already downloaded the apk but i guess some phones haven't been fixed for the go plus connectivity yet that i'm so worried about yeah when i read that i'm like oh my gosh oh no <laughs> please. please please let it be in the nexus 5 please yeah. let it be the nexus 5 when someone else said that they had like the 6p and they never had an issue connecting. So that correlates with what your uh, your significant other had found with uh, with their phone. Because she has the 6P as well, right? Uh, Kaya? Yeah. She has the Pixel. Oh, the Pixel. Okay, right. Yeah. I used similar newness. 6P is a year old now, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't even understand why they... Why a that issues there in the first place, and why it suddenly came up after an update is like what what did they even need to change? I don't know. It's what did you do? What did yeah. you do to break it so badly? And how did you not know that this was going to happen? It's like don't even touch the Go Plus code. Like why is that even necessary? No, I mean mine was like, disconnecting a lot. So it's like yeah, I found out I could stop all disconnections if I don't let it connect in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go yeah it's totally it's works. a fix that's how that works i actually saw someone walking around with a go plus on their like bag strap yesterday and i almost wanted to stop them and be like hey hey is your is that plus actually working right now or is it just sitting there for ornament at the moment <laughs> mine is literally in a drawer i stopped I had been taking it to and from work and like just in case sometime during the day I heard that it started working and I'm like, I'm just going to put it away for now. Yeah, I, I, it, I have definitely given up. I've, I've been sitting on a 10K egg for like a week and a half now. Oh, man. It's at 9.5 kilometers or something now because I walked around a bunch yesterday. That's rough. Or two days ago. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, with with my luck, it'll be a jinx or something. Actually, no, worse a smoochum, but... Ah, uh, if you get a smoochum, you can at least do an evolution, and you're yeah. closer towards that skier metal. So, maybe that's true. Maybe I'm already at silver for the skier metal. Me too. I only need like yeah. I think twelve catches or hatches more, but mm. fingers crossed. I think I'm pretty close to the steel. The steel metal. I am not. Oh, I finally made it to. I made it to level thirty-three this morning. Oh, nice. Congrats. I hit a, I think it was a seven day streak on something and got it. Nice. That said, re- um, I got to be careful because I lost my streak for items the last time I leveled oh, up yeah. because I had too many items and it doesn't, doesn't right. just count Pokemon stop spinnings when it, when your inventory is full. So yeah, 
Uh, I actually thought about just not spinning for a day or two to get the streak back, and then I thought, why would I just deprive myself of items? What is <laughs> what is the synchronization actually going to do for me? Have you uh, have you remaxed all your favorites yet? I have remaxed Venusaur, hmm. and that is currently the only one that's getting constantly maxed. Right. I would have done that for Snorlax, but he's in a gym. And also not being walked, right? Because my my new Dragonite is getting walked. Hmm. Slowly gonna work that way up to maxing. Level twenty to thirty, whatever. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's it's definitely gonna be an attacker, so I might stop at level thirty right. for now, and then if I find myself drowning in Stardust and Candy at a later date. Yeah. Did you do you agree with me about what I'm thinking for my Dragonite? Um. Yes, and for listeners unfamiliar, Mike has a 13-14-7? Yeah, 13-14-7. Yeah, if you're using hexadecimal, the IVs are CE7, so the HP is middling at best. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, if you're using it as an attacker, then it doesn't matter too much, I don't think, or if that's the intention. The other alternative is, is you get a defensive moveset but then, I mean, the base stats are going to have a higher influence on things anyway. And HP is, if I'm remembering correctly, HP is underrepresented in the CP formula. So you'd still get really yeah. good placement. It's just, I mean, Dragonite. Well, it's Dragonite, yeah. Yeah, Dragonite goes down. I mean, not easily, but Dragonite will go down against a dedicated attacker. It's- it does go down easily. You can have a frost breath anything, and it will go down. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing I find is you're going, you're definitely going one for one with a Dragonite battle, or I am usually anyway. Like my uh, CP two thousand Cloister mm. with frost breath or with ice shard Blizzard okay. will it doesn't it couldn't make it through two like three thousand plus right. Dragonites. Right. It's usually trading one for one, and if you're trying to get through a, a level, level 10, 10 gym, yeah. it makes it difficult because you want something to be able to make it through at least two of something. Right. Although the the fact that gyms are pretty stacked with Rhydon and Vaporeon right now, it makes it easy <laughs> to just streak through that with a few grass attackers. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Even, uh, yeah, or well, Vaporeons even for that matter. You can oh yeah, if it's if it's Snorlax and right on heavy, you just yeah. load up on Vaporeon because Snor- Snorlax goes down fairly well against Vaporeon because Vaporeon has loads of HP and a strong attack and a good attacking move set. So yeah, or could you want? I started liking to use Gyarados against Snorlax. It's, oh yeah, uh, I found that to be pretty successful. Yeah, I'm like I I can usually like my my CP three thousand Gyarados can get through usually one and a half to two snorlaxes yeah if i if i'm dodging obviously but yeah what is your there's no bite hydro pump yeah yeah that makes sense um i'm actually i have difficulty with the whole like because i keep trying to hard counter things but with something like snorlax or chancy i need to remember more that it basically doesn't matter what I'm using against that Pokemon. It just has to have a really high attack and not be really bitten into by Lick or Zen Headbutt. Right. Though, with that being said, I found Alakazam's good against Snorlax as well. Just because of its just attack stat. huge attack, it's just so yeah. High. Yeah. And Lick is an awful defensive move, so yeah. if it has Lick, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what else did I have to say on this subject? Oh! I actually prestiged against a Zen Headbutt Body Slam Snorlax the other day. Mm. And prestiging against it, I see why that is such a frustrating moveset. Because Body Slam can just happen at any time, and it can happen twice in a row, which is a pain yeah. if you start a charge attack after a Body Slam, and then he starts again, knocks you yeah. out before you get that charge attack off. I I might have said some bad words. It's a distinct possibility. <laughs> What I find annoying about prestiging against the Snorlax is you're trying to maximize the prestige gain. So you're saying going, say, 60% CP. 
just so you're not at 50 where you're not going to make it through the battle but you're at 60 where it's going to kind of you're going to make it through but just barely yeah but then if you try dodging you just end up running out of time because you can't get it down far enough before the time runs out yeah i have like i think nine bite hyper beam radicate now and it's just they're my go-to snorlax prestigers just because they get so much damage output okay but man yeah i keep dodging and it's just i keep i kept running out of time this was against the zen headbutt body slam yeah and zen headbutt does a decent amount of damage and eradicates hp isn't that robust right so you're just i think one battle i went through about two or three of those half cp eradicates it was was a pain yeah i also got because hyper beam takes so long to charge up I got knocked out by body slam before getting the hyper beam off a couple times. Oh, that no. was, was pretty <laughs> aggravating. Yeah. That said, there's Golduck um, is tied with the highest water gun damage user with Starmie. And oh, okay. so yeah. I have uh, like a CB1280 Golduck, which also does a good mm. job. Nice. Yep. Still waiting on that water gun hydro pump Starmie. <laughs> but that's okay for like for precision you mean at all oh, okay although i do have i think a passion project one day will be uh it's a water gun psybeam starmy mm. which it doesn't get psybeam anymore so okay i might just max that out to leave in gyms is just a fun thing when you know the gym right. is going to be taken down soon anyway <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you're stretching. Does that mean it's time to end? I, th- I think so. I think we, uh, that was a good week. Did you have anything else that you wanted to, I've, to talk about? I've been waiting to get to that hedge fund story for almost a month, so I'm pretty happy right now. <laughs> well, I, I always like talking about AI. I think it's, it's one of those things that's only going to get more and more prevalent. And when, when you see companies embracing it it's always it's always a good thing is it though is it for us i mean i'm i'm comfortable with it okay but like 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 you said my job's never gonna get replaced yeah (laughs) a machine can't do what i do that's true it's true i mean i currently still for a little while anyway i'm still selling suits so (laughs) no one no one can sell a suit quite like me (laughs) <laughs> although honestly if if you could just have someone <clears throat> heard me normally i'd mute for that but it was mid talking um if you could have someone just step into a body scanner and then make suit recommendations based on that the suit industry would just be gone you wouldn't need salespeople anymore it's like yeah it, this will fit you best it's not it's not like they have body scanners already in other places. I mean, you'd have to basically invent that thing, right? So, I think you're okay for now. Oh, solid. <laughs> Glad no sort of 3D scanner exists ever or anywhere. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I guess uh, I'm now thinking, that's, that's our show for this week. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm now also thinking yeah. about Robo Tailors. <laughs> wonder how that would go. Yeah. Fine Italian craftsmanship. Ital- Italian machines. In that, yeah, the machines are designed in Italy. <laughs> Ella, the Ferrari, um, they go really fast, but they break down a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think so? I think that's it. I think that's that's today. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us for, for this week. And uh, you can check us out on onemedia.com slash future chat for past episodes. And as Rob says, much, much more. Still, still waiting to find out what that much more is, but uh, either way, go to that site. You'll uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised. You can follow us on Twitter as well. Uh, Nick is at NWA Maddox, and I am at MA underscore YYC. And, uh, or M-A-Y-Y-C. I don't even remember now. What is my Twitter handle? I, I think it's, don't know. I think MA underscore YYC. That, that's what it is. It's and uh, usually it. you can find Rob at Rob Etrell. And... 
You can find us Come at, at underscore future chat FM. Yes. That is our other Twitter handle where you'll find uh, episodes and interesting news stories that we come across. And uh, yeah, let us know if you have any story ideas or ideas for the show in general. And we'll see you next time. Toodaloo. Ciao. Do we, do we have any after show to discuss? Because I feel like we did most of our after show stuff right there. I, th- I think that was kind of the after show, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm good if you are. Did you see that Rob is upset over something? I didn't. What is he upset about? Well, 50 minutes ago, he sent out, sent out a tweet saying he, should, he can never leave again. Oh. <laughs> Apparently, we might have gotten some numbers wrong. And by we, I mean me. Oh, it's 2048 and 4096. Yeah. I thought 4096 was it because of that stupid game. I don't know why I thought ten twenty eight was was a uh, was a power of two. Oh, oh well. Oh, you're off by twenty. You're on the same order Close of magnitude. <laughs> 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 oh well.